Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insight Series. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today we have Andy McFarlane, all the way from Telstra in Australia. Andy is Executive of Enterprise Marketing and Pricing. Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Great to be with you. Great to have you. Um, really love working with you and your team over the last year or two. Um, you know, there's so much transformation going on in, in marketing and companies today, and, and Telstra is no different, right? So t tell us a little bit about the journey that Telstra has been on over the last couple of years. Hey, thanks, Jeff. So, yeah, there's the, there's challenges and changes right the way throughout all industries. For us um, here in Telstra, uh, for those people who don't know, Telstra is um, an outscale tele, um, telco company. Um, we're the number one provider in Australia, um, but we also have significant operations around Asia and parts of the rest of the world. Um, with a full set of consumer and large business services. Um, everyone will appreciate that the consumer behavior is changing, uh, the way in which companies are being served in a digital first world is materially different from five to 10 years ago. Um, as a result, we've simply got to change the way that we do business, change the way that we serve our customers. Um, and that's both that drives a range of, we call it transformation, a range of changes, both internally and in terms of how we serve our customers. But it's, uh, it's challenging, but also very exciting. Yeah, it's, and you're probably going through the same types of disruption that we've seen here in the States and, and even EMEA, where you know, maybe you used to provide literally telecommunication services, but now you're, you're in media and you're providing content and you're doing all different kinds of things to engage the consumer all trying to leverage the backbone, right? I mean, so just, but that, that that's basically your infrastructure, but then you're doing value add. Exactly that. It can't just be about the network. If it's only the network, then that's simply not a not a strong enough story and that won't deliver enough return for our investors, um, nor does it really deliver for our customers. So it really is what else we can do on top of the network. Um, for our enterprise customers, just about every single one of those has got a mix of, you know, fixed network, mobile network, um, cloud-based infrastructure that's partly on-prem, off-prem, um, hybrid cloud. So the way in which we can draw all of those things together and deliver a high-quality service um, that really is optimized for their users is, is one of the ways in which we really try to add value on top of our network. You know, when I, when I think of a company like Telstra, because probably maybe people over here are not aware how big Telstra is, right? It's about 50 billion AUD. Yeah, of that order. Yeah, if you think the what would what would be a fair compare? A fair compare would be the um, we are the equivalent of Verizon is in the U.S. Yeah, so small, just your your neighborhood mom and pop, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so when you think about a big company like that, I always um, and the change that you've been describing, I think about that book that uh, what the president of IBM wrote back in I guess late eighties, early nineties, right? How do you make an elephant dance or something along those lines? Oh, so, oh yes, Lou Gerstner's book. Yes, yes, Lou Gerstner. So how do you make Telstra dance? I mean it, it's a big because it's a big company. So so what are some of the things that you guys are doing to get more nimble to drive change? Yeah, so look, let's be honest, we're only partway through the journey. I will not say that our organization is uh, is dancing in quite the way it needs to at this point in time. Um, but to my mind the the change is it's about two kinds of things. Ultimately, the most important thing, in my opinion, is about the people. It's about the attitude, 
the leadership and the way in which you empower people to do things uh, quickly and differently from those that have gone before. Um, our organization has a long, deep, rich heritage, which is fantastic, but it also has some pretty fixed ways of doing things. Um, just changing the process, just changing the technology isn't going to really do it anywhere near enough. So it really is about the people and how we drive change through uh, empowering people, um, uh, letting, making excuse me, enabling decisions to be made at a different level in the organization, down at the, at the coalface, really close to our customers. And it, uh, for my mind, uh, the thing that I do try to spend most of my time doing is um, helping the team, coaching the team and leading the team to be successful without me, successful without the management layer so they can really move much more quickly for our customers. You know, it, and, and it always does come down to people. And, uh, and I, I know you guys have been going through a bit of a challenge right now, just as you, you change and adjust your workforce. But mm. so how, how do you go about making those decisions beyond just the budget? I mean, who stays on the bus? Who's maybe should be on the bus, but is in the wrong seat? How do you go get net new talent? And at your scale, what you're trying to do? I mean, how are you making these decisions? Mm. Hey, look, it's tough. There's, there's many, many elements to, to do that. And I would hope we're getting more right than wrong. But obviously, we don't, you can't get every decision right. Um, but more than anything else, I focus, I've mentioned it already, more than anything else, I personally, I look at attitude, I look at people's, um, uh, how, are, how are they addressing challenges when they come in? Are they glass half full, optimistic, let's find a way? Or are they leaning back a little metaphorically arms crossed, concerned about all the challenges ahead of them? And if you've got a good attitude and you've got a, uh, a group of people who are curious and keen to learn and keen to question, you can do some magical things with that. Um, if you don't have that curiosity and you don't have that positive attitude, frankly, it gets much, much harder. So they're the kind of the two criteria I go through. The journey that our companies have been on started about 18 months or so ago, um, which was when the uh, the recognition of the need to implement a full revenue marketing approach was really uh, recognized within our organization. Our companies did some work at a senior level uh, to just assess our, our current and our, our to-be state, our preferred to-be state. But we also, very, very importantly, got every member of the extended team engaged with the online survey. So you got them to self-assess where we were. And that was a really powerful way of getting them to tune into where we were deficient and where we were capable, as well as to start to understand what the journey was, uh, the journey is that is ahead of them. And if I reflect back on that initial engagement at scale with the, with the full team, we had about 150 or so people engaged in that. That was a really powerful moment that I still talk about if people are a little cautious about the steps we're taking. I talk about the self-assessment that we did 18 months ago, look at the progress that we've made over those 18 months, and then still point to the things that we need to do uh, over the coming months and quarters. So there's a variety of different things that, um, as well as skills rotation and bringing, bringing skills from outside of the organization, but it's a variety of things. People, curiosity, seeing progress, whether that's the magic formula or not, I don't know, but that's how we're working things forward. So as we reflect now back on the journey over the last 18 months, um, you mm. think about the change. Was there something that ended up being much harder than you thought it would be? And then I guess conversely, what, or there have been parts of this where you, you were able to pick up some steam and get some, get some headway uh, because it ended up going easier? Um, yeah, great question. The, 
If I reflect on perhaps some of the conversations we had earlier on and members of your team had with members of mine, um, probably the area that I'm most pleased about over the 18 months, which your team would genuinely, you pushed us really hard to make sure we were uh, focusing on from a, right at the start, was about the senior stakeholder buy-in. Um, and that is super important in any change of this scale. But in all honesty, it's been great from the start, engaging the right stakeholders across the business, getting them to understand what we, what we were changing and why we were changing it and bringing them with us on the journey. That has been great and has made many other related decisions much, much easier. So you pushed us hard, you pushed us appropriately, and that's worked really, really well over the last 18 months. Um, uh, if I if I go to the the converse of that, uh, there'd be no surprise to you or anyone who's listening into this. Probably the piece that's been most challenging for us is the data. You know, we are an at scale organisation, as I've mentioned, um, who have decades of history and heritage. What comes with that is many, many different systems, each of which have a different slice of information about our customers. And we're trying to draw all of this together. Um, and it really is a bird's nest full of systems that we're trying to unpick and put into a new uh, digital infrastructure that's fit for the business that we want to be today in the way we want to serve our customers. We still have a long way to travel on that journey. I, I think data is an ongoing universal problem and, and there really is no, I guess there's no easy, <laughs> no easy way to address it. But yeah, I think, I think that gets a lot of people. So what about you? Um, Cause you've been a very successful executive for a long time. How, how do you think you've changed over the last couple of years? Oh gosh, I was not expecting that question. How have I changed over the last couple of years? Um, I was going to ask you if you could be a tree, what kind you would be, but I, I, I decided to go with the, uh, the change. Oh, I, I absolutely would not have an answer <laughs> to a tree. Um, me and gardens don't have a long history. Um, how have I changed over the last couple of years? Let me think. Um, you know, I've look at my hairline. I've been around the block a few times. I've worked for two or three at scale organisations. Um, I don't think what I'm facing into right now is materially different from any other business challenge I've faced at varying other times in my career. But it's what I'm trying to bring to this role, and maybe how I'm using my experience to, I hope, reasonable impact is is the people connection, is the recognition uh, and empathy of when to coach and help and develop talent um, alongside of and probably in a, in a more important way than I had previously. I think earlier in my career I was probably more focused on the logical analytical process technology tools. I think in the last couple of years I have spent more time on the people aspects of this transformation um, and I've felt that to be right and I feel that that's as I mentioned earlier on um, the thing that more than anything else will define the speed of our success. We will succeed I'm com convinced of that but it's how quickly we succeed. So what I mean um, what factors do you think um, are enabling the change and what are some of the things that you think are maybe impeding it that you wish or want to do something about? Um, yeah, great question. So what's enabling it? Um, you know, frankly, 
market forces are demanding. The disruption you referenced earlier on, the needs of our customers, the the, the, the strive to deliver the right kind of financial return is, is what we're, the headwinds, is what we're, the reality, what we're facing into. But I don't want it just to sound that it's a reactive thing. This is very much the level of self-disruption we're putting our own organization through right now is um, feedback from other CEOs around the world is that they are admiring the scale of the disruption that we are imposing on ourselves. Um, our judgment call is, you know, let's be on the front foot here. Let's you either disrupt or you become disrupted. So um, we're very much on the front foot in terms of how we're driving this as an organization. Um, the the challenge really comes from the scale of our organization and to radically simplify that, you know, we've got 40,000 employees. To radically simplify an organizational structure of that kind of scale um, with the decades of systems and histories and, uh, and history and culture that I spoke about is the combination of things that we need to um, really, really work hard on. Um, I feel we're pointed in a good direction, but like I say, we will succeed. It's a matter of how quickly. Yeah, fair enough. Um, you've been dealing with all different kinds of things, people, technology, processes, strategy, data. Um, getting maybe philosophical for a minute, it, you know, how do you see, um, even outside of Telstra, how is marketing changing? How is uh, technology disrupting it? What kind, of, what kind of changes do you see coming on the horizon that maybe you haven't even thought about um, doing yet internally yeah i'm not sure i'm gonna um if i can't talk about trees i'm not gonna get philosophical for you jeff um but what i i've always felt that marketing done well is a really rich combination of science and art um in my experience um in the roles that i've had and when i speak to um, other marketing leaders and other organizations art dominates over science by a massive degree um, we're setting ourselves up now and the work that we're doing with your organization is giving us a chance of getting to the right balance you know you need you need the science you need the data we need the forensic insights on customer behavior for niches in the market into which you can apply the art and the cut through to get a really strong emotional connection um, when I think about the team that I have now, for the first time ever in my career, if I just think about the, the mindset and the capability of the, of the uh, what have we got, two or three, 300 or so people in the team, I'm pretty evenly split in terms of scientists and artists. And that's not a position I've ever been in previously, which really excites me because that's a really powerful combination if I can harness those skills together in the right way. Um, so what that means for marketing, to more directly answer your question, is truly demonstrate a fiscal return. That's what we're here for. You know, we're not just to make things look good. We're here to demonstrate a meaningful return on all the investment we're given um, to our CEO, to our CFO, and ultimately to the shareholders. But I think we're better placed now to, to demonstrably deliver that in numeric terms than ever before, which frankly really excites me. That's what we should be doing. I love that. So I uh, finish the sentence. A year from now, my team at Telstra will stand proudly next to really clear return on marketing investments. I'm pausing because I'm trying to think about something emotional and personal. Um, and they will they'll be proud of the work they deliver. Well, you should be proud of the work you've done already. Um, because even over 18 months, we've, we've had a chance to have a ringside seat and see how much you guys have changed. Uh, they have a great leader in you. 
and your team. So uh, it's a privilege to have you on the program. Thank you, Andy. Hey, thanks very much. And thanks hugely for the partnership from you and your team. It's truly appreciated. You bet. It's our pleasure. All right. right. We'll chat again soon, yeah? Thanks, Jeff. You bet.